What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. That's the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky from Lucky's Muay Thai, and this is episode number 28. And we have our first return guest, my brother from another Dr. Amir Malik. I said Mamir, but it's Amir Malik is going to be on the show, and we're going to talk about the vaccine. You can find out today whether or not your face is going to freeze, it has a micro microchip in it, it's going to change your DNA, or if it's actually going to give you COVID. Anyway, before we get started with that, uh, if you like the show, make sure you keep the like, hit the subscribe button, share it with your friends. Um, if you want to stop by the gym, you already know the routine, hit www.luckiesnt.com and um, come by the gym, yo. Set up a time. Let us show you around. We are always looking for new people and we are filling the gym up. We have big things coming in the new year, uh, so stay tuned for that. And without further ado, everything you could possibly want to know about the COVID vaccine with my brother, Dr. Amir Malik. Peace. Welcome back to the podcast, my man, my brother from another, Dr. Amir Malik. He is here today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, coronavirus vaccine and maybe yep. something else, but let's talk <laughs> about that stuff. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Um, I'm actually at work right now, so this is why I got the mask on and I might have to step out if, if something happens, but we're, we're pretty good for right now, I think. Yeah, you said you're working in ICU right now. Right. Yeah, I'm working. I'm, I'm in my ICU rotation, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing front line of COVID. I mean, I'm seeing like the end of COVID, I should say, because this is, we're, we're seeing it, but bad up here. Right. But, um, you know, the vaccines here. So that's huge hope. Everybody's happy for it. Everybody's. Yeah. Excited. I was reading today that a lot of the hospitals are either have already received or are receiving it or have already received it and they're going to start um giving inj injections to the staff which i think I, I think it's already started right in jackson i think yeah. they got their first mm -hmm. we we have um so i'm in a separate hospital than the normal hospital i work at um and this hospital is giving them out today like right now wow from from 10 to to 8 p.m they're giving them out so so um, so let me ask you this how long before the aliens come down and, you know, <laughs> as soon as no, the monoliths turn green, you know, that's yeah. it. No, that's for real, before, before we get into that though, for real, let's, um, are you excited that there's a vaccine now, now that you've, you've worked on the front lines of this thing from the beginning till, you know, now the vaccines here, how excited are you or are you cautiously optimistic? How do you feel about the fact that the vaccine is available and there's more vaccines coming? So I'll be honest, from when they started the vaccine, when the Operation Warp Speed that uh, President Trump had announced, I was wary. I was like, man, speeding up a vaccine doesn't sound like a good idea, right? Right. Um, but then this vaccine came out and I read the research and I looked through the safety protocols and I, I, did, I did my due diligence. Yeah. And let me tell you something, this vaccine is, I'm ecstatic for it. Like I'll front line to get it you know put me up give me that shot i'll be back 21 days later for the second shot like let's let's do it I you love know it. and everybody in the hospital all the healthcare providers everybody's excited for it um i have yet to meet a provider who said i don't want this vaccine um i think that if we can all get vaccinated you know it'll we can finally take these off we can finally yeah. get back um, to the, get back to the dolphin game to, right to life yeah and yeah and like um, one thing that I've, I've heard a lot of, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later, but like 
this herd immunity, people are saying, oh, I'm not gonna get vaccinated. There'll be herd immunity. Uh, one thing that we have to realize is that herd immunity has never happened naturally. It has never occurred in the history of mankind of a natural herd immunity. Every time we've had herd immunity, it's because of a vaccination. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, and so, I think that's the, I think the miscommunication because people, yes, your immune system is great. Right. But you're, but we're talking about, we're not talking about one person. We're talking about, I mean, hundreds of millions of people exactly. that are carrying and, you know, their symptoms change. They, like you could be, it's not about whether or not you have COVID go to the hospital, have to recover. You could be a long hauler and right. be sick for eight months. Right. right? Or and like where does your like career your, go? Yeah. You know, or like your guest who's been sick for how long now? Almost a year. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I've read so many other stories since I right. did that, that I was like, wow, I can't, people right. are not realizing that this is something that is not just the like, yo, I had the flu. I got over it. I feel better. It's a thing that potentially you could be somebody that has symptoms down the road. I mean, we just right. saw this, uh, was it the kid that played college basketball, I guess? Yeah. You collapsed, on the- collapsed. Right. Yeah. And then the UN football player, myocarditis, his heart is swollen. He had to right. leave, you know, so, and these are, these are top tier athletes who, who their cardio is perfect. Their health, their immune system is probably stronger than anybody else's because they're right. young too. Lamar, but, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Right? Lamar he Jackson. Said he slept for 10 days. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Listen, we're talking, we're talking specimens person. of human beings who are the top right. of the top and are, yes. are really being affected. So you right. can't tell me that just cardio is going to save your life right. you know 100 percent. you can no. now that is that's not to say don't do those things no, yeah, definitely don't. it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. to say do all of those things right but also like realize that you know th- herd immunity is not the way we need to make sure that everybody as many people get vaccinated as possible to start eradicating this thing right yeah so all i right. mean i agree with you and i mean so i've, I've got a ton of notes here that i took <laughs> writing about the the vaccine, the research, everything. Um, like, what would you say? All right. So you've done a, a ton of this research. Read, what would you say is the most, the thing that when you read it, you were like, all right, that's it. I know I'm good now. You know, so, there had to be something. Yeah. So um, 40,000 people were tested for the Pfizer vaccine. Right. Right. Um, and Moderna had about the same amount of participants. So of those 40,000, 36, and a half, like 36,500 were confirmed to never have COVID uh, before, right? Or any signs or symptoms of possible COVID. Okay. Um, And then they split them in half. They split the 40,000 in half. Half got vaccine, half didn't. Okay. Um, They didn't account for who was previously infected or whatever to keep it completely random. Right. Uh, And at the end of the trial, um, two and a half months after, they, they followed these patients two and a half to three months after. And they're still following them today, but this is when they rolled out the vaccine, right? right. And the research. At the end of the trial, um, of the people who were vaccinated in the vaccination group, eight people got COVID. Of 21,720, eight of them got COVID. Okay. And then in the placebo group, 162 got COVID. So, you know, these aren't giant numbers, but that's... The spirit, like the difference between eight and 162 is a giant number. Right. And when you start putting them, adding the numbers together, I mean, putting, you know, 
talking about populations and things like that, exactly. it, it's a, it's a huge difference. So it's a huge, huge difference. So when they hit, when they saw that 95%, um, you know, it, uh, like efficacy number, and then there's a thing in science called the confidence interval, which means that like, we are 95% confident that our data lies between these two numbers. Okay. Okay. And so it was a 95% confidence interval of, um, 90.3 to 97.6 percent of uh of efficacy meaning that they're sure that it's efficacious either 90 at the low end of 90 percent or at the high end 97 percent right so somewhere in between there is where it's efficacious and that's still 90 percent or above yeah and i yeah. think ultimately man like what what's the for months, everybody's complained about being locked down, being in mass, being everything else. And right. you see this uh, opportunity that um, looks good. Like, look, I mean, like anybody else, everybody has their, you know, wor their worries about this. But right. you have to trust the people that like yourself that are on the front lines that are in the hospitals that are working. These are not the government. These are people that are at work like you that have families that that actually want to take time off too and spend exactly. time with their families. Exactly. And instead of trusting Chuck from high school, you should maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Trust, the, trust the doctors and the frontline workers who are like, yo, I'm doing this because I want to go home. Like I want to spend some time with my family. <laughs> yeah. Tired exactly. of being at the hospital and watching people die. Like it's crazy. Exactly. You know, like I, I'm working through the holidays and, and, it's because of this, you know, like, um, and one of the things that like you said, trust, one of the things that people don't trust is that vaccines are coming from these giant pharma companies, right? Like Pfizer and this Moderna, right? Yeah. And I get it. I get the, the there's definitely there. something there, especially, especially in people of color, because too long has medicine um, essentially abused that population right i mean we got right. the tuskegee trials with the yeah, syphilis, i mean we can go um, down the list yeah we can go down the list yeah but the difference with this vaccine is that it wasn't just worked on in america it right. was global right and the leading scientist for this pfizer vaccine she is a black woman um mm -hmm. and you know the people that worked on these and the people who volunteered for the trial the the forty thousand people were pretty evenly distributed. It was a little bit more of the Caucasian, but it was pretty evenly right. distributed. So um, that was big for me too. Um, and, you know, there's a, I've seen a lot of like these Facebook memes and things like that um, of people saying like, well, the companies are not liable, right? Because the federal yeah. government does have a, a vaccine agency that, that keeps, um, big pharma basically not liable for their vaccines, right? Right. But it's it's not as cut and dry as that. What that was developed for, I'm sure there was some heavy lobbying by by pharma, of but of course there was. But what that was actually developed for was to was so that you know pharmaceutical companies can make these vaccines, send them out, and then not get sued for everybody who has a red arm from from being no, injected, yeah, sure. right? Right. And, and not have to deal with that litigious stuff. So what this agency does is it you if you have an adverse event to a to a vaccine, whether it's a little 
red arm or a little blood from the from the right. injection site or something like full blown fever, um, you submit to this comp to the agency and they will go through it and eliminate the ones that are like, look, this is you you had a little prick in your arm, right? Up, yeah. yeah, right, and go with the ones that are like, okay, your body for whatever reason, you're the zero point zero 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 one percent that that not have bad. So we should help you, right? Right. Um, and that's what this agency was developed for. It's not to say that these companies aren't liable because if a vaccine comes out and the agency gets like tons and tons and tons and tons of complaints of like the same thing, right. they're gonna, the federal government's gonna pull the vaccine. Of course, and that, right. The, the development of this agency allowed them the right to pull the vaccine. Like federal government cannot pull aspirin let's say right because right. it's a private company selling it they can say like hey it's no longer fda approved and then most times companies are going to pull it right but they can't pull it themselves federal government okay. can pull these vaccines vaccines yeah uh because they have this agency that says we will pay out for your um complaints we, we will we will handle all your complaints but we get the power to pull right and that's huge. Um, and then, I, I mean, I haven't really confirmed this, but I'm pretty sure that like, that a percentage of the profits goes to this agency. So it's not really like we're paying, like us taxpayers are paying out for, for the whatever liability. It's right. the company's essentially paying still, but they're not paying, they don't have to pay somebody to, to sort through all the things. They don't have to pay somebody to go to court every other day. They don't have to, right. they don't have to pay for any of that. They just, pay a little bit into a into a pot and then the federal government handles that so that's right. one aspect that like can try to help you maybe trust the the vaccine a little more that it is being watched the second thing I is mean, that none of the safety checks that the vaccines normally go through were um sacrificed in speeding yeah up. i don't think you could right that's like you, right. you can't right you, you have to there, there's exactly. a certain protocol that you have to go through otherwise Exactly. Otherwise, all of that liability will it's, it's going to it's going to come back because something's going to be missed. Some step is not you can't skip through those steps. You can't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the reason vaccines usually take so long to to just develop in general or any medicine um, is because one funding like it's hard for a scientist to say, like, I've got this idea. It's kind of new. Will you pay for it? Right. Right. And it's hard for them because it's going to be millions of dollars that somebody's going to say, well, I'll give you millions of dollars and it might not work. Right. That's, that's kind right. of a hard sell. Um, but with COVID, because it was a global pandemic, it essentially has unlimited funding because of every course. government, right. every government across the world was like, take everything you need. Let's make this, let's get this done. Yeah. Right. So that was one aspect. The second aspect is when vaccines are made, it's a lot of waiting it's waiting for approval, it's waiting for volunteers, right, waiting absolutely. for, you know, money, it's waiting for this, it's waiting for that. With COVID, none of that happened because, you know, yeah, scientists I mean, everybody... worldwide jumped in together and were like, let's do this. You know, I think it was the Canadians or the French or both that isolated the first um, gene of like COVID, right? The first strand of COVID, they isolated it and then they just shared it with the world. They said, here it is. Right. Where normally they would hold on to it and say, well, no, we're going to develop it. And right. Of course. Suck, but this was, 
this no. is un- unprecedented, right? Like you, exactly. we have to, we're all in this together. Exactly. So they just said, here's everybody. And everybody who was doing their data was just like, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is, right? So they shared data. Volunteers were just like, people signed up within a day. They had 40,000 volunteers. Um, so they didn't have to wait for that. Funding was unlimited, you know? Um, and, and then the red tape was kind of pretty much gone because everybody knew what we were experimenting on. So they just, they just did it. They yeah, like, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel like there was any other way. I mean, I, I right. feel like we, if, we did, if the world didn't come together on this, we'd still be where we were in March or April or, you know, right, and digging right. around. And in May was probably some of the most stressful times, right? Because that yeah. was like when it really got bad. Nobody really knew what was going on. And, we and there were was a lot of mis, mis and disinformation. So mm-hmm. it was a really rough time right then, for sure. Yeah, and it was a lot of like, you know, masks do work and then masks don't work and then back to masks do work. Oh, boy. You know? Oh, so, boy. I know. And and that it's a, that in itself was a, a glimpse of what science is. Science is a lot of that, you know. Um, if you guys remember back to like elementary school, when we did our scientific, our science fair projects and the scientific method, you had a hypothesis, right? Um, That's right. In, in science, we never accept a hypothesis. We never say like, my hypothesis is true. We always say we have failed to reject. So my hypothesis is that if I drop my pen, it's going to fall, right? Right. Um, my hypothesis in science, like actual scientific literature is going to say, um, if I drop the null hypothesis is going to be that the pen will not fall. Okay. Or the, no, the null hypothesis is that the pen will fall. That's the null hypothesis. Okay. Okay. And then I cannot say I have proven that the pen will fall. I can say I've done enough experiments and everything has shown me that the pen will fall. So I failed to reject the notion that the pen will not fall. Right. Um, and that, that's what we say. We fail to reject the null hypothesis. So we fail to reject the notion that the pen will not fall. doesn't mean that down the line, somebody will find something that will prevent the pen from falling. But up until this point, everything I've tried, my pen still falls. That's right. And, and that's how we go in science. So no, nobody in science is ever saying this is 100% true. It's just saying everything we know up until this point makes this true. <clears throat> variables are called variables for a reason. Right, right. <laughs> things exactly. change. Things change, uh, moment to moment, daily, yearly, monthly, whatever. Always. Yeah. And so Perfect. science, right. science often is, and I don't even know if I want to say correcting itself, but science is often just correcting itself, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, according to you know new developments, right? That's right. just how things go. Right, right. And you know, a good scientist is happy to be wrong. Like good scientist is like i'm so happy that you were that somebody else was able to prove me wrong because now we can push science forward right and uh, any scientist that tells you that like adamantly defends what they have and, and refuses to budge is not a good scientist because you right. want to be wrong because being wrong means that you're pushing science forward and pushing science forward means pushing humanity forward that's um, correct damn so, brother oh yo my man you got you got deep there <laughs> yeah yeah man <laughs> I, I love science, man. I'm there's a, there's a reason I, I'm in this profession. <laughs> it's funny because I, I love uh, I love science, but I love philosophy too. And I think the way that I think about science and philosophy, they coincide. So I love having conversations like this because a lot of the the actual scientific 
terminology of things I don't know as in depth as somebody say like yourself, but I understand the concepts and I understand the philosophy of how things need to work in order for things to be able to, to move forward and progress. So I love these conversations, but go ahead, but let's change this. Let's change it for a second. I'm putting (laughs) on my tinfoil hat. All right. All right. All right. Putting on my tinfoil hat, which I just created. I've never done this before. Um, and let's talk non-science. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to ask you some, some questions of some things that I read. Okay. And I'm trusting you to tell me the truth. All right. <laughs> All right. Is there a microchip in the vaccine? No. So where that's coming from was that Bill Gates had come up with an idea of um, creating a special ink in in certain vaccinations, not just the COVID vaccination, actually not the COVID vaccination at all, but other vaccinations like the flu shot or polio or things like that, that could be scanned and would show up under a black light, essentially. Um, The reason he created or wanted to create this, it hasn't even been created yet. It's just an idea. The reason this idea exists is because in third world countries, and I hate that term third world countries that existed. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It it was created during the world wars because first world were considered the ones that were fighting. Third world were the ones that were not part of any team. Um, But in under uh, privileged countries, let's say, right. Um, Or not as developed countries, the record keeping, the medical record keeping is trash. It almost right, not exists. Yes. So there's kids who are not being vaccinated completely because they don't know how many vaccines they've gotten for this or being right. double vaccinated for no reason, wasting vaccines, you know, or, or just missing vaccines and then dying from things that could have been com- um, prevented, complications that right. could have been prevented. So this idea was invented for that or was brought about for that so that these kids could have this record on their wrist or on their arm. And, you know, when you went for your next vaccine, you just scan and said, oh, you've already gotten all of these vaccines. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. It's no microchip. It can't be. All right. All right. right. Open a door. You know, (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. Okay. On to the next one. It'll change your DNA. Okay, so um, let's talk about what mRNA is. Okay, so DNA, it it goes DNA, RNA, protein. Okay, DNA lives in the nucleus of the cell. Now, we all remember from chemistry or biology, there's the nucleus, there's the cytoplasm, there's a cell, right? There's basics. There's a whole bunch of more stuff, but basics. So DNA lives in the nucleus. RNA lives outside of the nucleus, and then proteins live everywhere else. Um, DNA... What RNA does is it, it gives your body a, a blueprint to uh, create a protein, okay? Right. It doesn't do anything to your DNA. DNA, that's right. right. Your, your, your DNA actually makes the RNA, but your RNA cannot make your DNA. It doesn't right. go backwards. I'm going to say um, this really quick just so people get a, an idea. DNA and RNA are not the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Just because they got an NA in it doesn't mean it's the same thing, right. you know? Um, and like one of the things with, with the RNA virus that's unique, it's, it's new. It new, new, right? Because RNAs were dis- discovered, like the RNA, pro- the RNA right. itself was discovered in the 1960s. 
Um, and then in 1989, they discovered that if we wrap an RNA in lipids, which is like a little layer of fat, mm -hmm. we can allow it to come into your cell, but it doesn't go into the nucleus. It just goes into the cell, okay? And then it can be transcribed into a protein. Okay. Um, in 1994, somebody said, hey, this is a great idea. Why don't we make that into a vaccine? Like, why don't we use this for vaccines? Okay, this is way back in 1994. Right, that's um, when everything, that's when they changed the way they were doing because I think it was, uh, they were using, at that time, they were using a lot of live. Right, going everything was, was either a dead virus or a live right. virus. So that's right. if, if, if we think about it in, in other terms, like um, if, let's say, let's talk about it in like fighting terms, right? Back in the day, if you didn't have a master, you couldn't learn right. how to do certain moves, right? Nowadays, you can YouTube and learn a anything bunch and learn stuff and then perfect your art with the master would always be better but you can learn it your, your master your, your gym could be youtube right um so that's what this kind of is it's an advancement of of technology right we used to just say uh you know if we wanted to learn how the human body looked we would get a cadaver and we'd have to cut right. the cadaver open right which was a dead it's exactly the same thing you got a dead virus you got a dead body now I learn. Nowadays, I can put on an Oculus and look into a body, a virtual body, and learn how it looks, just like I would a cadaver, but not have to have a dead body in front of me. That's you know? wild. It's, it's crazy. So in 2003, when the SARS and MERS um, uh, epidemics happened, we, they, they decided to start developing it into mRNA vaccines. Like, hey, let's start using this mRNA technology that we have to try to create a vaccine against SARS and MERS uh, because they're both part of the coronavirus family, right? right. Um, in 2008, we had early trials for these vaccines. Uh, about 1,200 people were enrolled. And in about 2013, about 1,200 people were enrolled. Seven years later, these 1,200 people have no side effects, okay? Right. Um, and then in 2020, when they got, this was very, very minimally funded because people were still like, oh, I'm wary about it. I don't know. 2020, like I said, just a boat ton of money flew into this and that's how we were able to get it. So it hasn't been developed in 11 months. This vaccine has been developed over decades, right? Yeah. It was just that in these last 11 months, we really got to push it forward Yeah. through the last um, couple steps. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. I got two more. You Go know, for you it. Don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And I know the I know the answer to this. Um, okay. Will it give you COVID? No. So we just like we spoke about uh, mRNA. So it used to be like the flu vaccine or even polio. Right. The old polio vaccine would have either a live part of polio, like right. a live polio, or dead polio. And then the immune system would learn from how to fight it because it was such a weak part of, you know, it was a yeah. really weak polio and the immune system can train on it or a dead version that the immune system could train right. on, right? This is not that. This is just a blueprint. So the way I like to explain it is if like, you know, uh, and it also goes through the thing of people saying like, well, if I had it, I'm immune, right? Um, so this is how I explain that. Like if you go to let's say a Muay Thai seminar right and you learn a new kick and you're like wow that guy's kick was something I've never seen before right um 
but then you go home and you never practice it. You're, you're not going to learn the kick. You, you may That's know correct. like the basics of it, right? But you're not going to learn the kick. Um, what this does, and that's what it would be a dead vaccine, okay? Um, the mRNA gives you a blueprint. So you go home and you can read and read and read and read and read and learn this kick and practice it and practice it and practice it. So now your immune system knows how to do this kick. And the next time it, needs, it comes time to, to kick somebody, it's going to know how to do it. Right. And if you were infected, it's like if you were in a fight and you got kicked by this kick, doesn't mean you're going to learn it. You're going to be like, well, that was a hell of a move. Right. But just because you got hit with it doesn't mean you know how to do it now. Um, that's correct. I got it. That makes so much sense, man. That's a great way of explaining it. Yeah. So, so that's why this vaccine uh, won't give you COVID, first of all. And it, it'll just teach your body how to fight it. And what it is actually teaching your body is not how to fight COVID itself. Or, yeah, it's what it's doing is COVID has these spikes sticking out, right? Right. And those spikes are what attach to your cell and allow it to inject its it's right. virus. Um, what the vaccine does is it it attacks against the spikes. So your the COVID vac- virus cannot attach into your cells. This is why they say that um, the vaccine will protect you from symptoms, but will not protect you from being infected. Okay, so right. that's a little bit of a of a difficult thing for people to wrap their heads around. What basically it's saying is that. The vaccine prevents the virus from entering your cells, but it can still live in your your body. Right. And if it doesn't have a chance to replicate, if it can't enter your cells, it can't replicate. And if it can't replicate, eventually it's going to die out. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're not infectious while it's still in your blood. Okay. Um, Now, if we give it less vectors to replicate, right, if everybody starts getting vaccinated and it has nowhere to, to, to feed, it's going to eventually die out, right. which is what polio did. Right. You know, it, it doesn't mean that people didn't have polio. It just meant that polio wasn't able to do what it's supposed to do to your body and eventually just died out. Now, polio still exists in the world, but none of us get it because we're all vaccinated against it. Right. Um, it's the same with the coronavirus and, and the Pfizer vaccine, their primary endpoints. So primary endpoints are like what we're looking for when we do our study, right? Pfizer's primary endpoint was, can we prevent people from getting really sick? Um, And they were able to prove their primary endpoint. Moderna, one of their primary endpoints was, can we prevent people from being infected altogether? And they did prove that they could. Right. But Moderna and Pfizer are exactly... They get approved next week? Right. Yeah, next Next week. week. But Moderna and Pfizer are essentially the same. The science is essentially the same. So... If Moderna has proved that they could prevent infection, most likely Pfizer can too, but they just never studied if they could. So we can't say that they can't. Right. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, yeah I think you have one more. Right. One, one more, more man. One more. I'm going to let you get back to saving the world. No, man. I got right. plenty. Okay. I got plenty of, 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 the, oh, of other things that we can, we can talk about too. Other simple hat I'm moments I've seen. Going. All right. Here we go. Is it going to freeze my face, man? <laughs> it's not going to freeze your face. So the Bell palsy <laughs> thing, um, that was seen in three patients who got the vaccine and one person who got placebo. So uh, if it was all four, first of all, it was four out of 70,000 because it included the Moderna and the Pfizer people, right? Right. Um, so 
if four out of 70,000 is what you're worried about, that's like 0.0005%. I'll take that over a complication of COVID any day. 100%. Um, and second, Bell's palsy can happen for a variety of things. If you, yes. if you catch the flu, you can get Bell's palsy. If you get bit by a tick, you know, and get Lyme disease, you get Bell's palsy. Uh, Bell's palsy is also self-limited. It goes away in six to 12 months. Sometimes it goes away in six to 12 weeks. Um, so all of those things, okay. And then second, the three, the four people that got Bell's palsy, um, they don't believe that it was related to the vaccine, especially because one of them was a placebo group. So never got a vaccine. So right. how do you explain that, right? You can't. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, your, your face is not going to freeze. Um, right. That's, I mean, that's all I'm concerned about because, you know, this is the money maker. Yeah. Okay, you have my face all frozen up here while I'm doing the show. Yeah. I mean, there was other common concerns that I saw, like people were saying, you know, how can we have COVID in less than a year, but we have no HIV vaccine, right? Uh so what the way the reason that is is because first of all HIV you need an immune system for a vaccine to work okay um, that's why people who are immunocompromised were excluded from this trial people who are pregnant were excluded from this trial and kids under 16 were excluded from this trial so those three populations we don't know if this vaccine will uh, be prove effective to them and they need the herd immunity of everybody else being vaccinated absolutely um, yeah. So, but the HIV vaccine, what it, I mean, the HIV virus, what it does is it, is it um, attacks your immune system directly. Right. Okay. So you won't have an immune system to mount to a, give response a vaccine to, to, exactly for your vaccine to teach your immune system. It, it can't teach anything if there's nothing there. Right. right. Um, and second, HIV is replicates at a rate of like a, an insane rate. It, it just wow. constantly replicating. Um, and more replication means more chances of mutation and more chances of mutation means that whatever we vaccinated against won't matter in a year because right. it's going to be mutated. Uh, whereas Corona or COVID doesn't mutate that easy. It just, it requires a host. It requires multiple replications and then it requires that host to pass it on to another host to then replicate the host's host. Right. And then there's a mutation. Like it is a process for, for this kind of virus to mutate as opposed to the HIV virus. Um, and the less people that, the more people that are vaccinated, the less chances it has of replicating, the less chances it has of, of mutating. So that's why we have this vaccine, but we don't have one for HIV because HIV is just so, it's so much faster than us. It's, it's, right. And you know, this mRNA technology is hopeful to push forward for and, and probably for a lot of things other than oh, there's yeah. nothing for that. and probably for a lot of things other than that so i mean i think that's a great thing man and I'm, I'm really happy that um that it's here and i know people are concerned about a, a, a myriad of different things but ultimately we're close to three hundred thousand now yeah we're past three hundred thousand i think okay we're, we're past three hundred thousand and you know it's just we, something has to be done and here we are at an opportunity to do it worldwide and i think you know, people have their right to be concerned, but they also should be concerned about their fellow man and the rest of humanity as well. Yeah. So, man, I super appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, so real quick, because, though, there, there was one more thing that I saw that people were very worried about was fertility. Um, there was a thing oh, really? about, yeah, there's something about, oh, well, one of the components of the vaccine is the same component that you will find in the uterus. And if it's going to kill 
that component, will it make me sterile? Um, oh, I might, I might have read something like that. Okay. So that component that they were talking about is found in every vaccine ever. And right. not everybody is sterile. Right. So Clearly. that's one yes, thing. Yes, I did read, I did read something about sterility. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Second, um, some of the early data has shown that uh, they took people who died, men who died from COVID, right? And they examined, they did full autopsy, including their testes. And they found that about 50% of those men had impaired sperm function. And then they took people who, were, who had COVID and recovered, men who had COVID and recovered, and found that they were able to find the virus in their testes what? months after the, they had cleared it. I hear that. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. So COVID most likely has more of a chance of affecting your fertility than the vaccine. Yeah, right. Um, which again, that's, that's one heavy. of the things. It's like the side effects of a vaccine are so minimal compared to the side effects of what COVID is. It's, it's insane. Like, you know. Um, yeah, that's, that to me is crazy because the, the, the things that people are, like, as you said, concerned about are way less, way less, way less. The potential that could happen to them from catching COVID. It's really insane. In the, in the Pfizer vaccine itself, like I'll give you some numbers, 27% of the vaccine group reported some sort of adverse event, but what they included into the adverse events, and there's a graph of it, a breakdown of it. um, I guess I can email you the, the, the link so people can look if they want to read it. Okay, cool. Um, But of those 27%, it was Pretty much everybody who was like, my arm was a little red after the injection. That was considered an adverse event. Okay. I mean, that's nothing. Um, the serious, serious, serious adverse events, four people had them in the vaccine group. One had a sh- shoulder injury from when they were injected. One had the lymph nodes in his armpit were really swollen. Swollen. Okay. Yeah. Um, one had an arrhythmia that later resolved. So that's kind of serious. And then one had numbness of his right leg. So a little bit of a serious things, but none of those are death sentence. Maybe the arrhythmia, right. but this guy's re- recovered. And that's yeah. four people out of 40,000 or 20,000. My understanding is that they, they, that the, the most common things are a little fever and stuff like that. And that's right. the things that they want to happen because that exactly. means your immune system is accepting this. Mounting a response. And yeah. it's like, yeah, well, let's get to work. Yeah, so, people who say, you know, when they say like, oh, I got the flu shot and then I got the flu, um, most likely what it was was your immune system mounting a response. So you got, you felt a little fatigued and you felt you got a little bit of a fever. That's normal. Um, the other thing with the flu shot is that flu virus is a segmented virus. So what that means is it, it's like, it's like if you had a hundred Lego bricks, right? Different color Lego bricks. And you stack them all in a line and tower. And then you drop that tower and it broke. And then you said, hey, put that back in the same color order that it was. You're right. most likely going to get it wrong, right? right? And that's what the flu is. It's segmented. It's 100 Lego bricks. And it keeps, every time it enters your body, it falls, it breaks. And then it puts itself back together in a different combination. So, so what the flu vaccine does is the CDC takes the top like 100 most common color combinations okay. and says, okay, these are what we... Our data shows is the most common. We're going to vaccinate people against this. It might not be perfect, but at least your immune system will kind of know like, okay, this isn't the exact color order that I learned, but it's close enough that I kind of know how to fight it. And it'll 
prevent the symptoms from being as severe. Okay. Um, that's the difference between, that's what a flu virus is, whereas coronavirus is just one solid virus. It doesn't break. It needs a host to mutate. It needs a whole bunch of things to mutate. And if we can prevent it from entering your cells, it won't mutate. I love it, man. I love it. Yo, I'm so stoked, man. This is great. I get all the information, yo. People don't know. I'll be in here trying to like, just, just tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit more. All right. So let's switch gears real quick. Let's get our, let's get our martial arts in real quick. Did you see the last UFC? Uh, I did not actually. Um, I was working. Uh, man. I know it was, a, it was a good one too. I have it on my, I have ESPN plus. So I have it on my leg. So, but you know what happened, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to bring up, I just want to talk to Tony Ferguson real quick, man. Did, you know, real quick, real quick, you you had a, you, I think like not your last one or the one before you were talking about cardio and you were naming like you know um, Conor McGregor and you missed Tony Ferguson man that guy is a cardio. I know, but I've talked about him in the past. I've yeah, talked about yeah. Him. I might have mentioned him. You sure? Yeah, man. Because I, I remember I was like I was waiting for Tony Ferguson. I was like, bro, there's one. I guy mentioned that's him cardio. in the past. Yeah, I mentioned you him have, in the past. You have. Yeah. Because you know the thing about the thing about his kind of cardio is that so and the people have it is that sometimes it makes you tougher than you yeah. than you need to be right you know right. Mm -hmm. there there are nights where you probably should end it early and yep. your body's your body just won't let you because it's right right because you yeah your cardio it can just go yeah you know uh i even heard um that uh who was it oh my god i can't remember i have to come back to it okay. i have to come back to it because i was going to talk about lactic acid um, oh. that some people, their lactic acid actually goes down when they're working, when they're training or it doesn't go, it doesn't build. They, they might have, um, where their body just clears it better than other people. Randy Couture. Uh, that was one, uh, one of the people that I, I had heard that about, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like I gotta look into that. Cause that, I mean, the reason lactic acid builds is because we don't have enough oxygen right? To fuel right. ourselves. So we go through a different pathway and that a byproduct of that pathway is lactic acid, right? To build energy, to make ATP, which is energy that we all run off of. Okay. Um, people with insane amount of cardio have their heart pumps so efficiently and their lungs breathe so efficiently that their body just is never running out of oxygen. Right. So their muscles are always oxygenated and oxygen uh, glucose and oxygen will make an ATP of 32, a net ATP of 32 ATP, which is amazing, right? The the ketogenic version, the the other pathway will only make a net ATP of four. So okay. that's why you build a lot of lactic acid when you're running out of oxygen, as opposed to people who have just amazing cardio, probably build a lot less. Right. What about like somebody with uh, with like a really low resting heart rate? Same same thing. Yeah. So what that means is that your heart is, is pumping so efficiently, it doesn't need to pump fast. It just, yeah. every beat just throws out so much blood that has oxygen in it that it doesn't need to work hard. It works smarter, not harder, basically. All um, right. That's why athletes have lower resting heart rates. Whereas, you know, other, I guess you could say the layman, I guess, um, when they run, your heart just spikes. Right. And that's because your heart it doesn't know how to work smarter. So it thinks, okay, my body needs more oxygen. One way to do that is to work harder. Right. right. 
but eventually it learns, well, if I just pump harder instead of beating faster, I can do the same effect with less energy. All right. All right. I like that. Thank you. That kind of rounded <laughs> out the, the cardio um, right. podcast a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I appreciate you, brother. I know you're in there working your butt off and, you know, doing all that stuff that, that makes you so amazing. Uh, do you have anything you, you want to tell the people uh, before we go? Um, get vaccinated. Wear your mask. Um, you know, we, we, if, you don't, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the kids, man, because kids cannot get vaccinated below right. 16. You know, pregnant women, uh, no people in this trial were pregnant. Before they started the trial, a few of the women in the trial got pregnant during the trial. Okay. So wow. they will be followed for years to come and their children will be followed. But we don't have data on pregnant women. So, you know, for all the baby mamas out there, you want to protect them too, you know, and yeah, man. And then you want to protect the people who are immunocompromised. Um, we're, we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for everybody else. Uh, so, you know, us as doctors, we ask you guys, we're out here every day doing it for you. Can you please do this for us and just just get vaccinated? Um, wear a mask. Don't be an asshole. I'm sorry to curse, but like, you know, you know, just don't don't be a jerk. If somebody's in a store and they tell you, hey, put a mask on, put a mask on, or don't shop at that store. Like that's it. Don't yell at at these these poor workers who are just trying to do their job. You know, yeah, that, man. that's all they're trying to do. Um, that that's all I got, man. You know, all right, yeah, this is you, Dr. My man said, don't do it for us, do it for them. And yeah, don't man. be a jerk. <laughs> I love you, brother. You know what, I, I got to give you a big shout out, man, because from day one, back in March, you know, you reached out to me and you were like, hey, man, I know you're on the front line. Like, how are you doing? And you've always checked up on me and like, how's your mental health? How are things? And like, you know, we met way back when yeah. you were training my buddy Joseph, but we were never like the closest of friends. And and I really, really appreciated that, man. Like it was some of my friends and family didn't even reach out and to check on me. They just assumed that I was okay. But you reached out, man. And I really appreciate that. That this is, you're like a special guy. And I, I feel like we've grown into really good friends and, and I appreciate you having me on here. So I appreciate bro, you. You can't man. be doing that shit, man. I'm too, I'm a very <laughs> emotional person, bro. I start crying on this motherfucker. Hey man, like you really, you really have helped me through like a lot of these hard times during COVID. I really appreciate you, man. So I just want to you I appreciate you, know you too, man. Yo, I, this is all about y'all, man. Y'all are in there, you know, risking your health and your lives every day. And all these people out here talking all this crazy shit, like they know better. And to me, that shit is so disrespectful for all the work you did, all the schooling you did, all the education you got. All the times you have to cover up, wash up, go in, go out. Like, it's so disrespectful to be trusting your buddy Chuck from that barely got to fucking high <laughs> yeah. school over the dude that fucking built his whole life around, you know, making sure people are healthy and better. So that's all I got to say about that. I love you, brother. I hope you have a beautiful day. And uh, right, we'll man. talk again soon because you got to tell me another story about, <laughs> a, about a woman with a dead foot. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you about that. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> all right. My man, right. Dr. Beer Malik, we out. Peace. Later, brother. If you like the show, please subscribe and teep the like. Peace. We out. You got a peace for the.